Praise God for that wonderful song. Let us open now our Bibles to the Gospel of, of Matthew for our scripture reading. Still in Matthew chapter 1. May I request everyone to please stand for the reading of God's holy word. Beginning at verse 20, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. May God bless the reading from his holy word. Please take your seats. Morning once again. We will continue with our Christmas series entitled, the miracle of Christmas. Now, brethren, have you experienced receiving a text message that shocked you and probably changed your life? You know, a shocking message like, you won five million. Wouldn't that be the shock of your life? Or maybe you receive a text message from your doctor, right? Saying, you only have two days to live. But that message was sent to you three days ago. <laughs> Isn't that shocking? You're still alive? Well, I, I think that's the same reaction of Joseph or Mary when both of them receive this message from the Lord that Mary is going to be the bearer of the Messiah, that Joseph, you are going to be the father, the earthly father, the foster father of the Messiah. It's a shock, right? Some messages can literally change our lives, just like that message of the angel to Joseph, it changed his whole life. It changed the whole life of this humble and poor carpenter in Nazareth. It changed the life of this maiden called Mary in Nazareth. Friends, God's message for us is meant to change us. Amen? We are not just receiving a message for information, but for transformation. Because God wants to change us. Now, part three of our series is entitled, The Miracle of the Message. The Miracle of the Message. God's message for us is miraculous that it's not only a message of good news, but it is also a message that you and I can experience the good news through our Lord Jesus Christ. The message of Christmas is life-changing. The message of Christmas can change 
the course of history in the world. But the question is this, are people willing to listen to the message of God? Do we have all our ears open, our hearts welcoming to the message of God? Now, that reminds me of an old Russian parable. I'm sure you have heard of this. I have shared this many years ago, but it never ceased to amaze me about the story of this Russian parable. Some writers or books would entitle this The Christmas Geese, or it's a story about the farmer and the wild geese. I'm sure you have heard of this. But anyway, I want to share this story once again. This is about a man, a farmer, who didn't believe in God. He's an atheist. But he marries a Christian woman, and this wife believes in Jesus Christ, raised her kids in the faith of our Lord. And so one particular Christmas Eve, you know, the wife prepared the children for the Christmas Eve service. And so as a sign of respect, the wife, you know, asked the husband, Honey, are you willing to go with us to attend the Christmas Eve? And you know, this atheist husband was just scoffing and, you know, what a ridiculous story. You know, a God who wanted to become like a man in a manger? Nonsense! And so the wife, you know, went to the church together with her kids. On this particular Christmas Eve, you know, the winds, the snow was just so hard. There was a blizzard. And while the man was warming himself, you know, in their fireplace, he, he heard a lot of noise outside, you know. These noises were actually coming from these geese, all right? These geese were flying around. And some of these geese were actually bumping on the door or the window of their house. And so he wanted to, to see what's going on. And when he looked outside, you know, the blizzard was so hard. It was so cold. He could hardly see the things outside. These wild geese were just flying around, aimless. They were supposed to go south, but because of this blizzard, they were stranded in his field. And they were just going around. Some of them probably died already. Some of the geese died because they bumped, you know, to the trees or in his house. And so he tried to go out, tried to do something, you know. You know, how pity are these geese? They don't know what to do. And so he went out, tried to open his big barn, okay? And, you know, perhaps when he opens the barn, the geese would notice and they would find shelter inside the barn because the barn was warm inside and they could find themselves rest and even safety inside the barn. But with all his, you know, his help, the things that he did, it was pointless. The geese could not understand, right? 
He was saying, you know, I, I wanted to help you. I wanted to save you. Please come. He was so frustrated, you know. And he, he, he came to this thought, perhaps if I could communicate to them like a goose. Perhaps if they could understand what I'm saying, then perhaps they could be saved. And that thought, you know, gave him an idea. He took one of his geese, all right, brought it outside, and then let it fly towards the barn. And one by one, the geese followed, you know, his own domesticated goose. They all lined up and went inside the barn. And so he finds himself, wow, what a relief. They're safe. And suddenly it all made sense. You know, what he said to his wife. Nonsense. Why would God become a man? And now he realized, my wife is right. We are all like these wild geese. We are all dying. We're all blinded. We're just going around waiting for us to die. If we don't know and we cannot understand the message of God, how can we be saved? No wonder God became man so that He could communicate to us. He could tell us the way to be saved. Friends, that's the story of Christmas. And so this man, you know, with years of doubt and disbelief, in an instant it vanished. He fell to his knees in the storm and prayed this first prayer. Thank you, God, for coming in human form to get me out of the storm. That's Christmas. God sending his message to us. And friends, one of the most basic beliefs in Christianity is that God is speaking. God is speaking. God is not silent with all our dilemmas today. God is not silent with all our problems today. In fact, from the beginning of time, God spoke. In fact, in all the Bibles, you will always find this line, Thus says the Lord. Because that's who God is. He is speaking. He is trying to tell us, this is the way to be saved. This is the way to go to heaven. But the problem is, we are all busy with our lives. We're all busy with all our dreams. We're all busy trying to, to, to catch our you know, dreams and aspirations in life. And we don't bother to listen to what God has been speaking about for years. According to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. Can you imagine that? In various ways. God has been trying to communicate with people. Sometimes He used his own words, he uses situations, he uses prophets, he uses dreams. He would use various ways to tell us that he loves us. 
But then in verse 2, it says, In these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. Sorry. Whom He appointed heir of all things, and through whom also He made the universe. Friends, that's the Christmas story. That's the miracle of Christmas. God sent His message, and this message became flesh. He came. God's Word became human to be with us so that we would understand Him, so that we would know and relate to Him. That's why He is the God-man. Now, how do God speak to us today? Well, from our text, we are going to learn three important lessons about the message of God, that God indeed is speaking. First, God speaks to us through the Scripture, right? God is still speaking today. He speaks to us through the Scripture. Now, friends, have you heard someone saying, you know, God spoke to me this morning. <laughs> you know, God spoke to me. And some unbelievers find it strange. Did really God speak to you? See? And then, how, how did God speak to you this morning? Of course, God spoke to us through His Word. Amen? Well, some people think and say and believe that God speaks to them in what they call in the still, small voice of God. There is a very clear way that God can speak to you, and you can never doubt if it is God speaking to you. It is through His Word. You see, the Bible, the Holy Scripture, it is God's Word for all of us. All right? And these words were spoken, were written through the prophets. And that's how Mary and Joseph got the message of God. See, God has been spoken to his, speaking to His people through the prophets. And now, God is going to fulfill what was spoken. Again, after he had considered this, this is Joseph hearing that Mary was pregnant before their wedding. It made him anxious. It caused him to fear. But then, the Bible tells us that the angel of the Lord appeared to him, a messenger. The word angel, angeleon in Greek, it literally means a messenger. See? That's where we get the word angel. An angel is actually a messenger. All right? Now, this messenger of God said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take home Mary as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. This is not something that is just human. This is supernatural. This is a miracle, Joseph. And what I'm telling you, God has been speaking long time ago through His holy prophets. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place, notice this, to fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophets. You see? To fulfill. That tells us, brethren, that everything that God has been speaking and the, the prophets has been writing 
They are all true, and everything God has spoken will be fulfilled. In fact, Jesus said, I'm not coming back until everything spoken about me is fulfilled. See? When God speaks, He fulfills. Because God speaks to us today through His Word. That's why for us Christians, the Bible is the most important treasure that we have. This is our direct communication with God. We pray, we talk to God, but God speaks to us through His Word. That's why every Christian ought to have a Bible. That's why the first gift we offer to someone who becomes a member of our church it's a Bible because this is how we come to know about God speaking to us. And so the Bible says all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. See, these prophets are God's messengers. They were writing. That's why we find in the prophets, thus says the Lord, because they are writing what only they hear from the Lord. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Friends, from Genesis to Malachi, from Matthew to Revelation, God has been speaking. Now, even about Christmas, Christmas is not an afterthought of God. This is something that even the first pages of the book of the Bible has already written about. Again, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets. Now, as far as the first prophecy about the coming of Christ is concerned, it was given even to Adam. Remember in Genesis chapter 3, after Adam and Eve fell into sin, you know, God punished them. But in, in the statement of the punishment, we find there what we call the Proto-Evangelion. Right? What do you mean by that? This is the first evangel, the first good news. What is the good news? God said, and I will put enmity between you and the woman. God is speaking to Satan here. And between your offspring and hers. And then notice the next phrase. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Now, who is the he there? <laughs> you know, in that, particular, in that particular setting, there's only God speaking, and then there's Adam, there's Eve, and then the serpent. But then, God says, he will, he will crush your head. Who is going to crush your head? The only he there is Adam. But we don't find in the Bible that it was Adam who will crush the head of Satan. Of course, this is a reference to the Messiah. So as early as in the Garden of Eden, God already gave us His message that He, not she, He will crush your head and you will strike His heel. See? And then in Genesis 49 verse 10, God spoke again through, this time through Jacob. When Jacob blessed his children, he said to Judah, the scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he, again, it's a he, not a she, 
until he to whom it belongs shall come, and the obedience of the nations shall be his. Of course, this is 3,000 years before the coming of Christ. God is sending his son to be the ruler of the world. The scepter will not depart from Judah. In Numbers 24, 17, all right? I see him. This is Moses. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. This is Moses. See? See? 3,000 years before the coming of Christ, these prophets already, you know, gives us an idea that there's going to be a Savior of the world, a Messiah. God is speaking through His prophets. Isaiah 7.14, Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive, give birth to a son, and will call Him Emmanuel. Isn't this the message of the angel? See? The angel is simply quoting Isaiah 7.14. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse, this is, Chapter 9, sorry, please correct. It's, it's Isaiah 9, 6. For to us a child is born, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. In Haggai chapter 2, verse 7, I will shake all the nations, and what is, what is desired by all nations will come and I will fill his, this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. Haggai is talking about the Messiah. He's talking about Jesus Christ. And then, in Matthew chapter 2, this is a sneak preview for next Sunday's message. All right? When the Magi came looking for the child king to be born, he asked Herod, where is this child who is born king? Herod asked his scholars, his scribes, where in the scripture? And you know, these, these priests, these religious leaders, they know where to look for clues. They went to the Bible in Bethlehem in Judea. They replied, for this is what the prophet has written but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. You see here, brethren, they know where to find it. It's in Micah, Micah chapter 5, verse 2. These scribes, these religious leaders, they knew the message of God, but the problem is this, they did not believe. Friends, God has been speaking through the scriptures. The problem, people are not listening. People are not listening. Friends, that's why St. Paul in 2 Timothy 3.15, he says, And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able, notice this, the Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Brethren, God has been speaking about 
how a man can be saved through faith in Christ. The problem today is that people are not reading. People are not listening. See? That's what Paul says. You, Timothy, you are saved today because you grew up you grew up knowing the scriptures. And that is why, brethren, in our church, it's important, it's imperative that we bring our children to Sunday school. See? At a very young age, we train our kids. Why? Because we know how important it is that from infancy, they will know the scripture because the scripture will point them to the Messiah. Amen? The message of God in the Bible points us to the Messiah. And even after many years, some people would say, why would I believe in the Bible? It's written hundreds of years ago. It's antiquated. Yes, it's true. It's an artifact. It's a historical book. It's an antique thing. But notice this. It still has the miracle to change lives. No other book in the world today has transformed lives than the Bible. It's powerful. It is potent. The Bible says it's, it's inspired. It's coming from the mouth of God. So in this Christmas season, how can we experience the miracle of Christmas? It is when we reflect through the Scripture. See? When the angel, the messenger of God, went to Joseph... The, main, the, the messenger point Joseph back to the Scripture. Joseph, things happening around you today, things happened according to what God has spoken. Friends, if you want your life to be at the very center of God's will, then let the Bible be your guide. If you want your family, if you want your children, if you want your marriage to be following the direction of God. Make the Bible, the Holy Scripture, the foundation of your marriage. You can never go wrong when we follow the Scripture. Amen? Amen. Now, secondly, God speaks not only through the Scripture, but He speaks through His Son. He speaks through the Son. That's what Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2, in the last days... He has spoken to us in the last days. This has been written 2,000 years ago. Question, when did the last days start? <laughs> when did the last days start? Friends, the moment Christ came, the last days started. <laughs> See? Everything about the Old Testament from Genesis to Malachi, they were all foretelling. They were all pointing to the last days. The beginning of the last days is the birth of Christ. See? So in the Old Testament, people were just waiting for the Messiah to happen. They were just listening to the prophets. Now everything the Old Testament is talking about is now fulfilled in one person, in Jesus Christ. 
That's why Hebrews says, in, the last, in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, and through whom also He made the universe. In other words, brethren, today, God no longer speaks through prophets because the prophets, their prophecy has ceased, you know? The ministry of the prophets is to point to Christ, but Christ came. There is no more need for new prophets today. That's why, you know, we are in the branch of Christianity that believes that prophets, their role has ended. All right? The role of the prophet is to point people to Christ, but Christ came already. And that is why, you know, we don't have prophets in our congregation today. The prophets that we have is the other side of prophecy, which is what? Forthtelling. See? That's the kind of prophets that we have now in the New Testament age. Not foretelling. There's no need to foretell. Everything that we need to know is written in the Bible. But what we need today are the other side of prophecy, which is what? To tell the Word of God. See? To tell the Word of God. And the prophet came. Jesus Christ came. Friends, God is speaking to us today through His Son. And that is why the Bible says again, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Now, I want us to focus on this prophecy. I want us to focus on this message of God through Isaiah and now to Joseph. Mary will conceive a son, and Joseph, you need to call him Emmanuel. All right? Because the emphasis here is on the meaning of the name, not the name itself. All right? Because some people are asking, why we don't call Jesus Emmanuel? Yes, he is Emmanuel. But the focus here is not on that particular name, but on the meaning of that name. Because... God wants us to understand that the coming of Christ, the coming of Jesus to the world is God, you know, joining, inhabiting the world. God with us. Christ is God with us. All right? God with us. He is not just man. Jesus Christ, the one born in the manger, is no less than the maker of the universe. He's God. The creator becomes a creature. The one who cannot be contained in temples now is contained in a body, in a baby. See? God with us. Why would God become like us? Remember the geese. Remember the farmer. If only these wild geese could understand me. See? Friends, we can understand God because He became like us. See? God's coming to earth. Christmas is all about God communicating with us. Amen? And here's the good thing. He is not just communicating. He is actually communing with us. 
That's why in the Gospel of John, there is no nativity in the Gospel of John. There is no birth of Christ. But this is how John the Beloved would tell us about the nativity. In the beginning was the Word or the message. There is the message of God. And that message was with God. That Word was with God. And the Word was God. See? And then in verse 14, John says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling with us. Friends, we can directly talk to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. All right? You cannot come to the Father without a direct contact with Christ because Jesus Christ is our link to the Father. John 1.18, no one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only Son, who is at the Father's side, take note, has made Him known. This God who is unknowable, who is unsearchable, unfathomable, this God who is unlimited can now be known through Jesus Christ. See? Isn't that amazing? That's one of the miracles of Christmas. The greatness, the vastness, the transcendence of God can now be understood through His Son. Because He became like you and me. That's the miracle of Christmas. See? This God who, who is unfathomable can now be fathomed through Christ. He came. That's the miracle of God's Christmas for all of us. John 49, even Philip, you know, even Philip, who has been with Jesus for three years. See? Philip was asking, Lord, where are you going? You know, I want to go to the Father. See? And, and, and Jesus Christ told Philip, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, three years, we ate together, we slept together, we went through storms together. And Jesus said, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. See? Friends, the Christmas story is God reaching out to man. Amen? That's the wonder of, of Christmas. God coming. See? It's like, it's like, you know, some of us, some of us, we are in a long distance love relationship, right? What do you call that? L, LDR. Okay? Just like, you know, Brother Claus here and Mai Mai, you know? You know, I, during our, can I share your story? <laughs> their, their love affair is through the pandemic. You know, while everyone was sad, while everyone was just groping to survive during the pandemic, their love flourished during the pandemic. You know, they were just communicating. And, you know, they, they use all sorts of medium, you know, cell phone, internet. But then what happened? This long-distance relationship is now about to become what? One. Because tomorrow is going to be their wedding. Yeah? See? Before, you were just texting long distance, but now you could actually touch each other, see each other. See? Friends, in the same way, that's God. Long time ago, you know, we were communicating with God and people could not understand God. 
You see, that's why God has to give us a human language, Hebrew and Greek, so that He could write, He could tell us through the prophets. But then people were not listening. People were saying, oh, you are so low. You are so far away from us, God. But you know, God says, oh, no, I'm coming. And that's what Christmas is. God came. See? He came through His Son so that when we have Jesus Christ in our lives, brethren, we have actually we have actually experienced God. That's why one of the songs of Christmas that I love is the Mary, Did You Know? See? It's actually a song sung by the angel telling Mary, Mary, did you know that when you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God? Mary, did you know? See? That your baby is the creator of the world. It's amazing. Christmas. God inhabiting our world. All because of what? Because of love. See? That's the fourth candle of the Advent. Love. Love sent Christ to this earth. Love was the reason why we celebrate Christmas. That's why love is the last candle to be lit during the Advent season. To remind all of us that it was the love of God that brought Christ to us. Amen? Anyone who has seen Him has seen the Father. So brethren, God isn't just trying to communicate with us. He wants to commune with us. That's why Christmas is not just about receiving gifts from people. Christmas is about receiving the greatest gift of God. My question is, have you received Jesus Christ in your life? Have you received the greatest gift that God has to offer, that anyone has to offer? Jesus is the greatest gift of all. Finally, finally, we come to the third. God speaks through the Scripture, through the Son, and here's the most important part. Because this is where the world needs to hear Christ. God speaks to the saved. And that means you and me. Amen? That's you and me. That's the reason why the shepherd told, I mean, the angel told the shepherds, go, look for this child. See? And as soon as they saw the child, what did the shepherd do? They went around telling everyone about the Messiah. Friends, that's the miracle of Christmas. When you and I receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, our job now is to become what? The messengers. You see, it's like this. You and I, we all had messed up lives, right? We all messed up with life. Then we hear the message. You know what happened? When the messed up person receives the message of God, you know what happens to them? They become a messenger of God. Can you imagine the, the, the transformation? Messed up people receiving the message now becoming the messengers. That's why the other meaning of God with us, see, His name is Emmanuel, meaning God with us. God is telling us, God is with us. The first emphasis is God. The second emphasis is us. 
See? You and I, when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, God is with us. What are we supposed to do with this God with us? We are to share this God to others because others are still reluctant to, re to hear the, you know, the Scriptures. They don't want to read the Scriptures. Brethren, be the Scripture to them. Amen? Now, 2 Corinthians 5, 19-20, God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ. That's Christmas. Not counting people's sins against them. And He has committed to us, notice this, the message of reconciliation. Amen? The message of reconciliation. The message was passed through the prophets. It went to Joseph and Mary. And then from Mary and Joseph, it went to all of us today who received the gift. We have, we have been committed with this message of what? Reconciliation. Therefore, we are what? Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making His appeal through us. See, there's the us. God is making His appeal through us. So friends, in this Christmas season, you and I, we have jobs to do. See? I want you to look around. Look at these empty chairs. These empty chairs are symbols of the job. Every single empty chair here represents one soul who is not yet saved. And the reason they remain empty, because we are not doing anything. See? The reason we have to invite, the reason we need to share to our one, because our goal is that God wants our church to have full capacity. Because he wants people to be in his house, not outside somewhere. Amen? That's why God has made us ambassadors. God is making his appeal through you and through me. Again, we were messed up with sin, received God's message. Now we are what? His messengers. That's the miracle of the message. We receiving the message, now we are messengers. Are you ready to send the message, brethren? Now let me leave you with three applications. Okay? According to Romans 10, 13 to 14, listen. The Bible declares, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen? Do you believe that? Everyone. No one is rejected. No one is exempted. Everyone who calls on the name Jesus Christ, they will be saved. But, here's what Paul says, how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? You see? So there has to be faith. See? They need to have faith in Jesus to call on Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But how can they believe in Him if they have never heard about Him? Doesn't end there. And how can they hear about Him unless, unless someone tells them? See? You cannot, listen, if you have relatives, if you have best friends, ayon na lang tong enemy kay, I'm sure, 
the least person that you want to go to heaven is your enemy. Alright? You know, God will deal with you on an enemy apart. But let's just say, see, this is Christmas. You have best friends. You have relatives. You know where they go when they die if they don't receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. You know where they are going. We know where people are going when they don't accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. Now, here's what the Bible says. How can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? The good news is that that someone is me, is you. All right? Tell the person next to you, you are the someone. You are the someone. Tell the person, you are the messenger. See? God has given us spheres of influence. Some of us are teachers. Some of us are nurses, businessmen. You know, some of us are working. God has put us in a way that we are working with people. Why? Because God wants to save those people around you. See? You are put there. It's not by chance you're working in a bank. It's not by chance you're working in the hospital. It's not by chance you're working in schools. No. God put you there because you are like the angel sent by God to those people around. Amen? So consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. How can they hear the message? Through the messenger. All right? We all love messengers, right? Now we communicate through our messenger. Be the messenger to that person. All right. Three applications. Number one, trust the Bible. If God speaks through the Scripture, then you better trust that the Bible is true. Trust that it is indeed the Word of God. It is holy and it is life-changing. Trust the Bible. Two, turn to Jesus for salvation. If anybody here this morning, if you haven't received Jesus Christ as Lord, why do I have keep on repeating this? I just want to be sure that everyone who enters Bradford Church will go home saved. If you don't receive Christ now and you go to hell, it's not already our responsibility because we have not failed to declare to you how you can be saved. Turn to Jesus Christ for salvation. And third, and most importantly, tell the people. Tell the people about the miracle of Christmas. Tell the people about His love. Tell the people that He alone saves. Brethren, we are, we can be the miracle of the message to somebody else today. Tell someone that Christ came to save them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you so much for this message of Christmas. That Jesus is our Emmanuel, God with us. The greatest news ever told. That we can be forgiven. That we can live a new life. That we can have this wonderful assurance of going to heaven because of Jesus. This wonderful message, Lord, must be shared to these people. And here we are. You have called us to become your messengers. Just like what Joseph did, 
help us to do what you have commanded us. In Jesus' name, amen.